0: Bishop Aaron summed up the Sunday readings like this. He said, In a broken, fallen world, the truth will be opposed. Well, I experienced this firsthand last Saturday, so a group of us from St. Michael went out to peacefully pray the rosary at the abortion clinic. There were a large number of people there from Our Lady of Unity, our sister parish, and some teenagers from St. Thomas Aquinas. Well, we were opposed. We were surrounded by a handful of people who began to mock us. They had a megaphone and began shouting profanities at us. One woman was even dressed up like a devil. There was a man out there who began blasting satanic music at an ear-piercing level. So we were met with anger and hatred and vehement opposition as we stood for the culture of life. The truth is going to be opposed in a fallen world. Can you imagine in academia today proposing that there is right and wrong, that there are moral absolutes, that there is objective truth? Believe me, you're going to find that you're opposed. Moral relativism has overtaken our educational system. Or can you imagine posting on social media God's plan for marriage between a man and a woman? Now, I don't use social media, and I advise that we stay off social media. But let me tell you, you will experience scathing opposition if you post the truth. Or imagine in corporate America today, standing up for the fact that, well, gender has a biological connection, that God made us male and female for a reason, that our bodies matter, that our bodies are sacred and integral to who we are. You will find yourself opposed. The truth in a fallen world will be resisted. It will be opposed. We see this in the first reading. Jeremiah was sent by God to speak the truth. He told the people and the king, we have to surrender to the Babylonians or they're going to sack and destroy the city of Jerusalem. And what did the people do? They said, we want to kill Jeremiah. They threw him down the cistern. In modern day terms, we could say they tried to cancel him. I heard once, Jesus doesn't cancel people. He cancels sin. Now, the ultimate example of truth being opposed is Jesus himself. Jesus is the truth. The truth is a person. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And what happened when the truth came into the world? Well, we spit upon the truth. We mocked the truth. We betrayed the truth. We crucified the truth. We tried to kill the truth, but the truth rose from the dead. What do we learn from this? Well, being a Christian isn't for the faint of heart. In fact, in the gospel, Jesus says if we stand in the truth, we might even find ourselves opposed by our very own family. I've come not for peace, but for division. Jesus is demanding that we make a decision in our life. Are we going to choose him and stand in the truth? And if we do, we are gonna. We should expect opposition. Now, This means being a Christian doesn't mean everyone's going to like us. Jesus never promised us popularity. In fact, do you know how we identify a false prophet? If he or she is universally popular, Jesus himself says, beware when all men think well of you. They treated the false prophets in this way. No, Jesus isn't telling us to go out and stir up division by being obnoxious and rude and uncharitable. No, in fact, when we encounter that opposition, we should meet it with love and compassion. Jesus made excuses for people on the cross. He said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. I was thinking about those people at the abortion clinic who opposed us with such hatred. And I thought, what's at the root of their anger? Think about their own broken and wounded lives. And so we are to meet opposition with love. Well, how do we do all this? How do we stand in the truth? In the face of such opposition, we need the virtue of courage, and that's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. So we remember we never stand in the truth alone. God is with us. In fact, Jesus promises us, when you're opposed, don't even worry about what you're going to say. The Holy Spirit will give you the words. See, we never stand in the truth alone. St. Paul, in that second reading, says we're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. This is all the saints. They're with us. We need to band together as a Christian people and support each other in standing in the truth. And then Paul goes on to tell us in that second reading, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. It's so easy to begin focusing on the opposition. The source of our strength will be to focus on the Lord. Now, so far I've focused about standing in the truth, but I want us to reflect for a moment on this. How do we receive the truth? When the truth breaks into our own lives, how do we receive it? Now, in God's love and mercy for us, he's going to send us those prophetic voices that perhaps are going to point out sin in our life or ways that we can grow and things we need to change. Or maybe God's truth will break into our lives as we read the scripture. It can pierce us to the heart. And reveal the truth as something we need to change in our lives. Well, for honest, because of our own fallen nature, we might find that we ourselves are opposed to the truth. It's easy to become defensive when people point out something we can do better or change. Or we might even find ourselves thinking, well, this teaching of the truth really doesn't apply to me, we begin rationalizing our behaviors. Or we might even start thinking, well, this can't be that bad. Everybody's doing it. This is why pride is such a deadly sin, because it can blind us to the truth, and we can fail to see the things we need, even need to change in our lives. Now, in the gospel, Jesus presents the divine truth In a very challenging way, he says it's going to be like a purifying fire. In fact, in the Greek, Jesus is saying, I want to cast a fire on the earth. So the fire of God's truth is going to purify and renew us. Think about a forest fire. You know, fires can be very destructive, of course, when they get out of hand. But forest fires are also vital because they purify and cleanse the forest. Do you know fires burn away the dross, the underbrush, all the dead wood, they cleanse the forest and they bring about renewal. I was reading about the lodgepole pine forest. Lodgepole pines actually have these pine cones that can only be burst open by the intense extreme heat of a fire. And when those pine cones burst open, they release seeds and new pines begin to grow. In fact, the lodgepole pine forest would eventually die out without fire. Now, think about Jesus' divine truth and love as this purifying fire. So when we invite Jesus into our life, it's going to be like inviting Jesus to cleanse the temple, the temple of our soul, and he's going to bring to the light All of our false idols, our sin, our hatred, our cruelty, our self-absorption. And he wants to cleanse all of that with the divine fire of his love and truth. Now, the fire of God's truth is also going to rescue us from all the lies of the evil one. All the lies that we start to believe, like I'm unlovable, that I'm no good, that my life is a mess, there's no hope for me, freedom is impossible, the divine fire and light of God's truth wants to redeem us and reclaim us for the Father, that we are his beloved children. Welcome the truth. Welcome the fire. Welcome Jesus into your life. The truth will set you free. The truth, the divine fire of the Lord will purify us, renew us, and bring us new life.